Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. Your host, Mr. Jono Petrahilos, currently generates over a million dollars a year selling his online courses. And now he teaches you how to do the same. Along with listening to our podcast, make sure to join the Course Creator Community Facebook group. It's one of the largest and most engaged Facebook groups in the space. You'll find the link in the show notes. Anyway, let's get to today's show. Hello, everybody. Jono from the Course Creator Community. I'm super excited to get to this week's podcast. Just before I do, I want to give a mention to the Course Creator Community VIP program. So if you're not aware, we actually have a VIP program. It's pretty straightforward. It's a membership site, membership platform, and you also get some um, some calls with me as well, some group coaching calls. In a nutshell, it covers every step of the journey from how to create your course to how to sell your course and, and make as many sales as you want. It's got the creation, the sales, the marketing, the launching, all of that there. Uh, as a podcast listener, you're entitled to a special deal. I'll put the link down in the show notes. It'll say something like course creator VIP membership program or, or someone like that. Anyway, let's get to the show. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and I am super excited because we've got a rock star on the line this week, a fellow Australian like me. A little bit about this person. She's a business coach, very successful one, and she's launching a new membership as well. So make sure to check that out. She's a author of the very popular book, How to Start a Side Hustle. I recommend grabbing a copy of that as well. I'll put the links down below. Uh, and she's a fellow podcast host as well at the Startup Creative. I recommend subscribing to that as well. And most of all, she's a really cool person. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Ms. Kayleen Langford. Kayleen, how are you? I'm well, Johnny. Thanks for having me. What an intro. No, well, it was easy. You've done a few things in, in your career, so that intro was easy. Kate, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have yeah, you got one great. for us? Oh, I've got plenty. Inspirational quotes are my thing. Um, I definitely, the, the one that changed my life and helped me to start my business was the from Napoleon Hill's book, mm. uh, Think and Grow Rich. And it is whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. And that was the thing for me that was like, get off your ass. If you're not happy with how your life's going, start dreaming of what you want for yourself and get out and start doing it. Because if you, if you can dream it, it's normally possible. Yes, love that. I'm a huge fan of that book myself, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Let's even spend a minute there, Kay. So you read that book, you read that mm. quote. Did you, what was the first sort of dream you came up with there? Yeah, well, I mean, I was in a pretty shit situation at the time, to be honest, and um, was in a bit of a funk. I was, you know, I thought that I was going in the direction that I wanted to with my career. I started advising government on best practice for program development, actually, which is you know, relevant to the audience listening about de designing a program and, you know, got into this job, got the paycheck of my dreams, you know, really up leveled. Everyone was proud of me. I was proud of myself. Uh, about six months in, I was like, what am I doing here? Like, this is not what I want. Uh, really burning out. I was waking up with these really severe headaches in, in the Ooh. front of my head and, I uh, was just a miserable person. Eventually went to the doctor and was like, this you know, shouldn't be happening. 
she said, look, I need you to get to a brain scan this afternoon. And I was like, what? And so I was like, why is she being so extreme about this? You know, like put me on a wait list. I've, I'm just here to, you know, tick a box because my partner was like, you're a horrible person to live with. Go and get to see the doctor. Um, and yeah, so I went to the scan, came back the next day, got the results, you know. But the thing was for me that, you know, that 24 hours, it was less than of being like, what, what is going on? It was enough of a doctor giving a bit of that urgency to go, shit, like if I just wasted this life, you know, being miserable. And um, the doctor was like, look, I think you're all clear. You're, you are all clear. Uh, but I think you're just really stressed. And, you know, what, what's your quality of life? And I was like, pretty bloody miserable. <laughs> and so from that point, it and, it, you know, it's not like, and then I got up and started my business. It was like, I'm at rock bottom, and but I have to do something about this. And I was catching a train to work and I, and I was about three hours one way on a bad day. And so I remember going to my partner at the time's bookshelf and I saw this book, Think and Grow Rich. And I was like, oh, it's one of those motivational books, you know, <laughs> like when, you, when you're in a shit space, it's the last thing you want. Anyway, there's just something about it. I, I've always had this with books where you just feel intuitively that now's the time to read it. Mm. Really ugly cover. have no <laughs> idea why I picked it up. Like not my, and anyway, grabbed it. Really old as well, up. isn't it? You know, mm, you read it, you're like, it's from the 1920s or something. Yeah, really old, so relevant still today mm. and was hooked within a first chapters and there was Napoleon Hill was talking about, you know, we've all got something to offer this world and you just got to sit down and figure out what it is. And there was a few little prompts in there. So I literally pulled out a receipt. I had no pen and paper out of the out of my wallet and just started writing down, what have I got? What have I got to offer? And it was program development and it, it definitely wasn't an overnight, you know, change. It was like, okay, but it sparked enough in me. And I think for those listening, you know, it's like once you feel that spark, you've got to keep fanning it. You've got to keep mm-hmm. pursuing it and go, okay, something just lit up in me. I'm seeing hope. I'm seeing potential and um, started having conversations and just being like, what could I do? that I could sell and, and and get out of this situation and design my dream career. And I called a, a career coach that I'd had to build me up into that career and said, I'm getting out and I want a package. And, and I spent an hour on the phone with her and we fleshed out my ideas and my skill sets and everything to date. And she bounced it back and forth, which is now cool that I get to do that for other people. And eventually went, look, here's your skill set. Here's what what trends we're seeing in entrepreneurship and startups. Um, here's how I think we package it. I was like, let's do it. And I, I was just like, whatever it cost, I'll pay. And I just paid her to write copy for a website that was startup creative. Wow. Super inspiring. I think there's a few really cool things in there as well. I'll piggyback off that. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, and I heard it about the same time as I read Think and Grow Rich, so it worked really well together. I think it's a Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, either way, you're right. And for mm. me, that was like, okay, you know, obviously if I go in something with the attitude, ah, I'll try it and see what happens, like I'm not really setting myself up for success, but if I can visualize it, and even still today, if I've got a something I've got in mind, I want to visualize it in as much detail. I want to write it down on my piece of paper. And then I just work towards that plan. I think it's so much easier to be successful if you do that than just sort of hoping that mm. it's going to happen. 
Absolutely. I, I like how you mentioned the spark. I think that's one thing Napoleon Hill mentions in there as well. Something along the lines of, if you have an idea, start implementing it now. Even if mm. you don't know, you know, exactly how it's going to look, even if you don't have the perfect thing, start implementing it now and the rest will come because there's so many times and we all do it, right? You have an idea, you do nothing with it. You know, you forget about it. Six months later, someone else has got that idea and is killing it. Where if you just had that spark, just start something, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but at least you're, you're getting it out there into the world and something may happen. So I love mm. that. And yeah, the vision. Well, the next question I usually ask from here is, you know, you're a business coach, you're an author, you're a podcast, um, you know, tell us what you did and how you got into it. You sort of started that. I want you to keep going. So from there, you know, that sort of Mm. happened. Startup creative happened. Where are you now? What does the business Mm. do now? How did it evolve from there, from where you are here? Where are you going? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first product or service offering that I did was, so my, my background was program development. I'd, I'd had about 10 years and project management. And what I kind of pulled out with my coach was I'm able to concept an idea. And, you know, so I had won an award for a volunteer program that I'd written. So uh, I was working in youth work at the time, a St. Vincent de Paul, like a a non-for-profit organization said, look, we're seeing the work that you're doing as an individual. Do you reckon you could write us a a program that we could, you know, implement into the wider community and get more people like you helping kids at risk or families at risk? And I was like, great. Well, you know, mentoring and that support was kind of my vibe. And so I developed this program called the Sense Youth Mentoring Program. This was pre-Startup Creative, uh, recruited it, branded it, all these things, and got it funded, and they scaled, scaled it across Australia still wow. to this day. Um, and so that was – and I'd won an award for how I had done that. And so I was like, that's the business model. I know how to go, right, what's an idea? What's the end goal? Visualize it. And now what are the practical next, next steps in order to bring that to life? And so I was like, I can teach people how to do that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'd been in working in government and, you know, understood the funding bodies. So I said to myself, right, I know that there's all these organizations out there that have got money to spend on Program, on programs for young people. Uh, but there wasn't many great ones out there. I'd had all this experience with making really engaging programs. And, you know, it was entrepreneurship and startups were just kind of like coming into the space, not really for like the everyday person it was very tech startup, mm-hmm. but was having these conversations and seeing these people who were like, oh, I wish I could, you know, do this for a living. And I was like, well, why can't you? And so, I did it for myself and I wrote a six-week program and I went in to get it funded to local councils, some universities, businesses, and it was called How to Turn Your Passion into a Business or something like that. Got um, some funding for it, ran about four of them, um, and that allowed me to quit my job. So because I knew the industry as well, it's kind of low-hanging fruit. you know. So those out there who are looking where to start, what do you know? What do you know inside out? I knew how to go and pitch to council and say, hey, uh, like I had like, you know, a handmade logo off that I'd made on Word, um, a two-page Word document that had, hey, these are the steps just based on my own experience, no business degree, nothing. And I called a mentor, another mentor, which is also good, like get your mentors because people will help you raise your bar. And I said, how much should I charge for this program? And he was in a similar space. He said, you've got to charge $10,000 for it. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> like coming from, you know, working in a nine to five mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, if you don't charge that, then you're undercutting the industry and this is what we're charging. And I was like, okay. And he just gave me that confidence. And I walked into these meetings, signed off four of them. I mean, I hustled my ass off, was working one day a week on Startup Creative, uh, but got enough in that I was like, okay, now's the time. Quit my job, had enough cash flow to get through to the end of the year, uh, delivered those. And then eventually, funnily enough, I was uh, like, you know, that that funding in uh, space is quite draining because you're sitting in meetings, you're convincing someone behind a desk that you need to teach entrepreneurship to the next gen. And um, they're a bit like, oh, yeah, so, but, you know, enough have got over the line, but it was a long, drawn-out process. Eventually, one night I was sitting in my friend's um, restaurant, pizza bar, and said to it, and I just saw that he... I was like, he puts on great music, great lighting, cool friends in there, good food, and it's packed. It's You know, you have to book a table in advance. And it just clicked in my head. I was like, I need to go straight to my consumer and cut out the middleman because I know what I have is good. So I'm just going to go direct to consumer. So I stopped pitching those courses and started building an Instagram. I, um, I made a magazine, <laughs> a podcast, and just started running workshops directly to entrepreneurs that wanted to had an idea and didn't know where to start. Wow. I love that. Okay. And then the book as well, right? Yeah. So I, it's been about seven years now. I think it was 2014 when I started. Um, but so that was, I reckon about one and a half years in, I've done five magazines since then. Our pot, we, I mean, it, post COVID or pre COVID it was stocked in the Virgin lounges um, wow. and bookshops around Australia get shipped overseas. Um, and then in 2019, again, this is like, you know, keep putting, have the vision, keep putting one foot in front of the other. And you just don't know when that door is going to open. I was at a friend's 30th birthday lunch and sitting around drinking Aperol spritzes. And this conversation is, I sit down at a table with some people I know and kind of walk in mid-conversation and somebody's talking about somebody that I used to know. I was like, oh, I know that person. Like, yeah, we're talking about, you know, maybe getting a book deal for them. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. And then I think I maybe explained, you know, that we started our businesses together and all this stuff. And to be honest, the birthday party got a little out of hand and uh, I don't remember much of the conversation, but I wake up the next day to an email saying, it was so lovely to meet you at the birthday, just been through your website, love everything you do. Are you available to come in for a meeting tomorrow? I've got this idea for a book and I think you're the right person to write it. And I did it. I was like, and that's another tip that I would give. When you hold your vision and you keep like working, even when you feel like no one's watching or listening or it's not quite clicking or it's slow, those doors open and then you've got to be ready to walk through them. And so I printed off every resource I've ever made, copies of my magazine, eBooks, everything, walked in there and said, here's what I do, pitched myself. She said, we love it. Can you go away and write us a proposal? Again, I hired a coach to help me and had a proposal, 3,000 word proposal to her of what I think the book would look like. Um, And then end of, oh, it must have been early January 2020, uh, I signed off on a book deal on how to start a side hustle, which is now on Audible and also printed 
um, and distributed around the world. Love it. Well, pretty much everyone listening to this podcast, that's what they're doing. They're, they want to know how to start a side hustle. So uh, I recommend checking out that book. Now, I just want to take a minute and let everyone know if you're a course creator, you've already got a course and it's not quite selling, uh, or if you're still in the process of putting your course together at the course creator community, we actually have a VIP group coaching program. It's the best program of its kind and the most affordable as well. So if you'd like some extra help and guidance in either putting your course together or selling your online course, I recommend joining the course creator community VIP program. I'll put the links down in the show notes. And I'd love to get some of your best tips, Kay. Maybe if you can give us, I'll sort of put it on to you. Let's say someone's listening to this and you know they've, they've probably got a job. Maybe they're a stay-at-home parent. They want a side hustle. The idea is a, is a course. They've got a course they want to put together. What's the first thing they need to do? Yeah, cool. I think the first thing you want to do is to create space and time to take it seriously. Mm. Because if you're working, then your boss is always, you know, there's always going to be more important things. I think, you know, you'd probably be the same genre of like the um, think and grow rich message and everything I've learned in entrepreneurship over the years is no one's going to come and save you and say, hey, why don't you take a day (laughs) off a week? And, you know, well, like, here, why don't I take the kids on Sundays and you build your, like, you've got to want it bad enough that you go, okay, if I don't actually carve out time, then my time gets taken up and it'll, I'll get pulled in every other direction. And you have, so finding the time to discipline yourself from a very, from the very beginning, because it's going to be a skill set you're going to need over the time as well. Um, but firstly, once you commit that time and say, you know, even if it's two hours a week that you know you can do uninterrupted, carve out that time, discipline yourself, tell everyone around you that's what you're doing, say no to whatever comes up in that time and make a promise to yourself that, it, you know, for that time block, you are going to solely work on this side hustle. That's the most important thing because people will, the number one excuse I hear is I don't have time. Mm. It's like, you do have time. You're just it's not a high enough priority for you. Like you have to want it bad enough. And I think the delusion that a lot of people think is that, you know, oh, they were lucky. They had money behind <laughs> them or a supportive yeah. partner or, you know, they, whatever. And it's like, no, 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 no. We've all made sacrifices. We've all had to carve out the time. Um, so that I think first, um, and then focus on who you're serving. What are you bringing to the table? How, what problem are you going to solve? What solution will you offer? Um, what value will you add to somebody's life? And really spend a lot of time there. If you need to spend it, like lots of time until it totally clicks and, and people start understanding and you could say it to somebody and say, this is what I do. And they go, oh yeah, cool. I get it. But spend as much time as you need to in that space because your customer is the most important part of your business. Without them, you don't have a business. So you need to obsess over them, their needs, and what you are doing for them. This is not about you. Yes, there's added benefits to working for yourself, um, but unless there's a genuine need or want or you know value that you can bring to somebody's life, uh, then chances are they're going to swipe past you. Let's take a quick break. 
When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Yes, love it. Let's um, let's spend a minute there. I want to break down some of those because they're two really good tips. So yeah, I love the first one about space or time for a few different reasons. My background is actually in fitness. So I used to be a personal trainer and it's the exact same excuse. You know, oh, I'd love to get fit, but I don't have the time. And time, like it's it's the one thing that's constant. Everyone's got 24 hours in a day. It's just what you choose to prioritize. And that's fine. You know, you don't have to work out. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything really, right? It's just whatever you you choose to put on there. And where energy, where um, whatever you focus on is going to be, it's going to improve on it. If you focus on your fitness, it's going to improve. You focus on your relationship, it's going to improve. You know, wherever you put that time on it, it's going to be. So if you want that side hustle to be successful, you got to put time on it. So I love that. And yeah, to relate it back to Think and Grow Rich, I think chapter one is a burning desire or something like that. Mm. And I think that's where it all starts. It's kind of like, if you have a burning desire, you're going to put that time in there. If you don't have that burning desire, you're probably not going to put the time in. I think they work hand in hand. Like I think you used an example, Kay, of two hours a week. If you don't have two hours a week to work on your business, do you really want to work on your business? It's, is it that mm. much of a priority? So I think it's important to, and if it's not totally cool, but acknowledge it, right? Mm. It's kind of like, yeah, make, make a call either so, way. Absolutely. And that's where you can really do, you know, what you, if you carve out two hours and you'll probably end up spending four hours, you know, mm. cause it's what you focus on expands. And I think that's, there was something in there around that burning desire is you have to want it bad enough. You know, mm. you have to really connect. And what I have learned over the years is it's a mindset hack as well because you need to check in and go, oh, maybe, you know, now's not the right time or I don't have, you know, uh, enough money or once, once, you know, I finish this project, then I'll start whatever. There's a billion and one excuses that I hear all day, every day. But the what you're, you really need to ask yourself, is this a real like excuse or, or a reason or is this me playing small and quietening down the burning desire because it's too scary to actually have to to back myself and do it and what you'll find is most of the time the burning desire is there because if you can think it you can believe it and you can do it and you know you what you said before is the desire sits in there and you kind of riles up and you're like, oh, maybe I should start a business. You, you know, you listen to a podcast or you get a business coach or you, you buy a book um, and then you go, you get the overwhelm. And then, so you kind of go, oh, no, 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 no. Now's not the right time. But then what you said at the very beginning, Jono, which I've also seen is, you know, people play that game and that mind trick with themselves. Six months later, they, they've done nothing about it and they open their phone and get an email from someone who's launching a business and they go, and it's the most sickening feeling. Oh. And I guarantee you carving out two hours a week and sacrificing going to the pub or, you know, like watching Netflix, 
is going to be way less painful than watching somebody else live your dream. Yes. So, so many good points there. Let me piggyback off that a bit as well. So I like the word sacrifice. I think like, um, how can I, let me try. I think a lot of people think sacrifice is a bad word, right? But I don't see it as a bad word. And I think traditionally sacrifice was actually a positive word. It's like, I'm going to put myself in a little bit of short-term gain for way more long-term gain. And whatever it is you choose, whether it's business, whether it's fitness, once again, like if you're not in the position where you've got to be, it doesn't just magically happen. You have to sacrifice something which will get you the, the result long-term. So I, I love that. Um, and the way, mm. the way it sort of worked with me anyway, I stumbled across a motivational video on YouTube somewhere. It was, it was pretty cheesy. It was actually really good. It was a guy talking and he's like, you know, hey, most people say they want to be successful, but they don't really want to be successful. They half want to be successful. They want to be successful if you don't want to, if you don't want to do anything about it, you know, they don't want to be, they, um, you know, they would prefer to go out and party than be successful. They would go and prefer to sleep than be successful. They would prefer to go and talk on the phone than be successful. And he was literally listing all the things that I was doing in my life. And I was like, okay, I might have to narrow some of these down and, and focus on there to be mm. successful. Uh, I'm also, it, yeah. oh, yeah, you go, you go. I was just going to quickly riff on that because I think it's a good point. And the thing that really reminded me, because I have been doing it for seven years and sometimes you forget, you know, how hard I did hustle at the very oh, beginning. Yeah. But when the book deal came through and those who might be in this position with writing a course right now is the book deal came through. I had a deadline. So deadlines are very helpful. They will actually mm. help you to, you know, what your, your work will expand to the time that you allow. So set yourself a deadline, but the book deal, and I felt like I was starting a business from beginning again, because I was the like, book? I've never written a book. It's yeah. a new experience. And I had to go to a superhuman level of discipline and sacrifice. And so, especially the last probably two months before the deadline, I was really stressed and someone said, I'll oh, get an extension. I was like, don't tell me to get an extension, you know, because it, you will just keep pushing it out. Anyway, I just went in because I visualized seeing the book on shelves or having these conversations and people saying, love the book. It's really helped. And I kept visualizing that and visualizing it. And I wanted that end goal so bad that my routine took me like probably six months to undo how hectic it was. I was up at like four or five in the morning, uh, meditate for half an hour with like, I was like, you cannot write one word without a meditation. Um, and then I would get straight to my desk. The deadline was in winter. So it was dark for probably the first two hours of writing would drink way too much coffee, write until, you know, probably three in the afternoon, have a break and maybe then write again from six till nine every single day, including weekends for at least the last six, four to six weeks of, of my deadline. Wow. And it reminded me of starting my business. And I was like, this is a good reminder of like, this is actually what it really takes. So you can look at the book and go, wow, congratulations. It's so beautiful. It's like, actually, there's a lot of like hardcore discipline. Behind but, but you just got lucky, right? Okay. You just got lucky because yeah. you got a big Instagram <laughs> Overnight following. Overnight success. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, no, it's a good, it's a good point in a couple different things. It's like, and that's, I think that's a good trajectory of success where it's like to start with, you got to put in a lot of hard work and then it's going to get easier. You are, you can choose to let it to go easier. You know, if you want to keep growing, okay, cool. You might have to put a bit more work there. Um, but the hardest will always be the start. There's another quote I like from Tony Robbins, which is something along the lines of, it's never a lack of resources. 
that is going to stop you from being successful. It's a lack of resourcefulness. And I think that comes back around to the burning desire. Like if you really want it, you'll find a way, right? You'll do something depending on your situation. Okay, I'll get up a few minutes earlier. Okay, I'll train in my lunch break. Okay, I'll carpool with, with some other people, with the kids, whatever it may be, you'll find a way. If you don't really want it, you'll find an excuse. So I think mm-hmm. that's a, another way to, to, to look at that there. Uh, and there was one more thing I wanted to say on that as well. Oh, and just another little, um, when you mentioned a checkpoint, the way I like to do a checkpoint to see how, um, I guess, how dedicated I am to my goal is I check two things, my calendar and my bank account. And I think you can check mm-hmm. those two things to, if someone's like, oh, I've tried everything, I'm not successful. Right. Show me your calendar. How much hours of work have you put in? Show me your credit card bill. How much money have you invested in making this successful? And if you haven't spent any money, any time, well, of course you're not. You know, if you've spent a lot of time and a lot of money, okay, you've at least put the the effort in there. So that's how I look at that. Mm. Uh, we then went to the that. the number thing, which was the the number two thing, which was the who, which I love as well, especially from a course creator side of things. That's what a course should do. It should solve a problem. If it's not solving a problem, it's just putting info out there. It's not bad, but it's not as valuable because info Mm. like info is, I shouldn't say worthless, but like with Google and YouTube and podcasts, like, you know, info is pretty easy to get these days. There's only so much you can charge for info, but if it's a problem that you're solving, that is where you can, um, you can, and, and fitness is a good example here. Just an easy one to explain. It's kind of like, let's say you've got a fitness goal, whether it's to lose weight or put on muscle, whatever it is. A lot of people pay a lot of money for that. You know, you're overweight, you're not happy with your body. You'll pay a lot of money to transform that. You're, you know, really skinny. You want to put on muscle. You'll spend a lot of money to, to transform that, you know, if it's affecting you there, but just to learn more about fitness, Am I going to pay a lot of money for that? You know, I'm just going to go on Google and and find some, or I'm going to, you know, find a, go on YouTube and find a a video there. So I think that's key. And I love how you said the value that you're, you're bringing out to the world. I saw a Facebook post today was telling a story about like um, a couple, you know, very educated couple, both of them, good grades at high school, you know, went to university, um, got jobs, but they can't afford to get a house in the Sydney market because it's expensive. And they're sort of like, what did we do? You know, we did all the right things. We studied, we got our degree, this and that. And the moral of the story was essentially, you don't get paid for your level of education. You get paid for the level of value that you bring out to the world. So I think that's a good message, especially for the course creator. You can be the most qualified person in the world. Doesn't necessarily mean that's going to relate to a financial um, reward. It's what value are you bringing into the marketplace? What are you helping mm. other people? What are they going to pay for that? That's where the, the revenue comes in. Thoughts yeah, on that? And yeah, I, great, great advice. And I think when you're determining your value, think outside the box, right? Mm. So is it your tone of voice? Is it that you're relatable? Is it that you're not afraid to say, you know, this is when it was shit for me or where I've stuffed up, you know? So think outside. Is it that you're, yeah, going to be, you know, on call or that you've, you know, money back guarantee. I don't know. There's so many different things that you can do from, you know, your personality, your tone of voice, the delivery, maybe it's short, fast turnaround with quick, big results, or maybe it's like a a 12 month thing. Um, But yeah, think outside. And again, 
how you can determine that is a what you're naturally good at and where your passion and fire lies and how you like to learn um but then also making sure that there's an audience who also like want that value because the other thing that if this isn't if it's not landing for you if you've got a course and you're like it's just not selling it also might be worth going back and saying all right, what is the value here? What's that aha moment that someone says, I've got to have that, you know, and now's the time. Another good question to ask yourself is why now? Why would they be doing it now? And put that in context for them as well. Um, But yeah, what is the, if you can understand and in how to start a side hustle, there's a bunch of worksheets around understanding your audience. So if you want, I can read a couple of them out. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't mind, right? Um, it's your IP. Yeah, yeah. You're good? Yeah, yeah no, cool. go for it. So what is the problem that or need you have identified? Um, who do you think needs this solution? And go into as much detail as well. Is it a mum who's in a, you know, with three kids and works part-time? Like really create your avatars. Um, what beliefs do they hold around this problem? So what is currently in the market? Is it too expensive? Is it not effective? What are their belief systems around that? Where are they currently looking? What's missing from their current solutions? How will you be different? Um, how will you make them feel? Like there's just a there's a page of them in there, but there's a few to get you going. Uh, but really dive into that. And I'm doing that seven years on on the regular. Mm. I'm like, you know, every time I'm engaging on social media with its DMs or comments or emails or coaching clients. I'm constantly going, all right, this is my target market. Observe, understand, what are they saying? Sometimes in a coaching session, I'll physically write down what someone has just asked me as a question. And I'm like, that's a podcast episode, you know? Um, So that real data of understanding on a deep level, your target market means it's a relationship building, right? It's like the better I know you, Jono, the better I'm going to be at nailing my birthday present every year. Love that. (laughs) And it's the same as your, your course. So good. Uh, another quote I like along those lines is something where if you can um, if you can describe your ideal customer's problem better than what they can, they're going to assume you know the solution. And you should know the solution if, mm. you, if you know their problem that well. But just from a marketing side of things, if you know all that, if you can describe that person and their problem, they're now paying attention. If you just go to the solution, ah, okay, it's a bit, you know, it doesn't quite work. But if you can explain that problem, then you've got the person listening then you get that birthday present. So I, I love that there. Mm. Now, mm. Kate, I want to be sensitive of your time. And there's a couple of yeah. questions I'd like to finish off with. But if you can give us maybe just one more quick tip in terms of knowing a side hustle. We know we've got to get number one was the space and time. Number two was know the who we're going to serve. What would be your third big tip? Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below.
Mm, I re- I think it's getting in the game, right? Like don't mm. don't wait till you're perfect till it's perfect. It's all together. Like I said before, my you know when I was selling that ten thousand dollar program as a twenty four year old with no business background, um, I had a, a handmade logo from a Word document and on a two page Word doc. So it it comes to your confidence. You know, I walked in there thinking that was pretty smick and. But what I did know was that I was I was capable of delivering on that and that I just needed to get it over the line. I didn't go and create a 50-page document or a PowerPoint presentation. I went in there and I said, here's, here's the trend and the problem that you guys have and I'm going to deliver this solution. And, you know, had I waited to have a book under my belt or my podcast launch, um, you know, I, I would have missed the boat on that. And I was lucky to get in early. And um, it, be, it was because I just jumped in with a level of self-confidence of I'm going to do this and I want it bad enough and I'm just going to, you know, jump in and, and wing it. So don't sit on the edges too long. And that, that, that Brene Brown quote, that's like the, um, it's, she mentions it, but it's not Brene Brown. It's the man in the arena. Um, uh, it's incredible. Uh, but it, she, her Netflix, she mentions it in her book in her Netflix um, series, the stand-up thing. Um, but it's to butcher and summarize it. It's <laughs> like I'd rather be in the arena than the man sitting on the on the on the sidelines mm. watching, because if you're in the arena, you're getting your ass kicked, and you know it hurts. Sometimes you have some wins, but I would way rather be in the arena than a spectator of those, because if and, you know, it's that reminder of it. If it's feeling hard and shitty right now, at least you're in the game giving yeah. it a shot. Most people. Got a chance. Yeah. Most people are sitting on the sidelines going one day, you know. Mm. And, and another favorite quote of mine is a year from now, you'll wish you started today oh, from yeah. Karen Land. Yeah. And that hits me every time because, you know, and we use it over and over and we got stickers printed and it's called Just Start, you know. And, uh, honestly, getting in the game, getting something on paper, getting a very minimal, whatever you can afford to do out in front of your target market is the most valuable lessons that you'll ever receive. And you, it'll also, from a neuroscience point of view, that when if you tick something off a list and you get a course launch, whether you sell 10,000 copies or two copies, you've launched a course, which you can then go, all right, you can learn from, and you can Mm -hmm. re, you can then take your lessons from that launch and, and keep coming back and keep getting better. But the dopamine hit of achieving a task will spur on motivation. Mm -hmm. So you can sit on the sidelines and prep all you want, but actually ticking off something and and achieving and completing something is actually going to biology in your brain and the chemical reaction in your brain will inspire you to keep going. So the lessons from being in the arena. So if you'll know if you're sitting there at home right now listening to this, you can your body will be telling you right now whether you're in the arena or whether you're making out some excuse to stay on the sidelines because now is not the right time get in the game with what you are capable of doing with the resources that you have and stop waiting for something to you know land perfectly or somebody to give you the money or you know the the time or the opportunity love that Okay, I'll piggyback off that. I'll share another couple of quotes and then I'll, I'll even give a personal story because that resonated with me quite well. So a couple other quotes that I love. Done is better than perfect because perfect, you're never going to get it done. You know, I'm 
30 something years old and I'm not perfect in anything. So if you're going to wait till something's perfect, what are you going to do? Ten, five, like it's not going to take you a year. It's not going to take you, it's going to take you so many years to try and get it perfect. And it's never going to get done. What would have been better is if you actually help people in the meantime. So I like that quote. Another one of my favorite quotes is I never lose. I either win or I learn. And let's just take two people. Let's use me and Kay for an example. Let's say I spend a year trying to put something together. Let's say Kay puts something together right now and it's crap, but she improves it. And in 12 weeks time, she makes it a bit better. It's a bit below acceptable now, but 12 weeks after that makes it even better. Now it's above average. 12 weeks after that, now it's freaking sick because she's had four little launches every, every 12 weeks, just learning and better and better and better. I've spent a year doing it. I'm on my first. She's four times in front of me. So, and I think it's a good way to look at it. If it's either successful, great, you hit it. If it didn't, great. You just learned something of what not, not to do. And when you launch, mm. don't do that, do something else. So I, I love that. And just a, a quick personal story. So my first ever online course, 2014, uh, Microsoft Word document as well, because I didn't know about, I don't even think ClickFunnels or Teachable or anything existed. So it was, a, it was actually, yeah, I knew I wanted to do a course and I was tossing up face-to-face -face course or online. And I was like, oh, face-to-face course. I'm going to have to find a venue, book out the venue. And then if no one comes, I've still got to pay the venue. If one person comes, I've got to work it. I'm going to do it online. Someone buys, great. If they don't, it doesn't bother me. Didn't know how to do it online. So I just was like, all right, I've seen eBooks on Facebook. Let me just create an eBook. Didn't know how to create an eBook, but it looked like a Microsoft Word document. So created a Microsoft Word document. Um, it was a fitness one. So I wanted some videos in there. So I just took some videos on my phone uploaded them to YouTube, put them as unlisted, put them in the, the ebook. Um, and then I just paid someone on Fiverr $5 to make it look prettier. That was my first online course, would sell it to personal trainers for $300, right? Um, and just kept building from there. Another course, then got a bit better at the tech, yada, yada, yada. A few years down the track now, I've got the largest following of personal trainers in Australia got a Facebook group with 15,000 personal trainers in there, pretty much every personal trainer in Australia. And now it's hard for other people to compete. If someone wants to create an online course as a personal trainer or wants to create a Facebook group, they've got to compete with me, who's already got 15,000, already got the name, but it's so hard for them, right? But the only reason I'm where I'm at today is because I created that shitty ebook back in 2014 and just got better, better, better. There's, I think the other thing to add on, there's such a huge advantage to being first or being really early in the marketplace. If you're in really early there, you just got the place to yourself. You can build your following up really quick because no one else is doing it. And then it's hard for the competition to, to catch up. So I love mm. that you've, you've mentioned those there. Um, yeah. Okay. There's just a, a couple of questions I'd like to finish off with the, yeah, well, the it's, it's a three part question. So it's around mentors. You've dropped a couple already. Um, but I'm curious to hear who your biggest mentors have been over the years. If you can break it down in three different ways. So if you can give us the um, uh, a mentor that you've paid money to, so you've done their course or paid for their coaching, whatever it may be, a mentor that you haven't paid money to, but it's someone you follow on social media, you watch their YouTube videos, whatever it may be, uh, and a book that you recommend every aspiring, even if they're not a course creator, let's say aspiring person who wants to start up a side hustle. Number one is obviously mm. your book, but number two, apart from <laughs> apart from your book. So paid, okay. unpaid, and book. Awesome. Great. 
Um, okay. So paid mentor, I guess it was probably one of the be- best investments. I was in that really funky space. I went to like, it wasn't Tony Robbins, but it was Tony Robbins vibe week long course. Um, I cannot remember the company um, name, but it was a week long vibe where, you know, walked on fire, punched holes, you know, punched the like cutting board with my hand um, did these crazy workouts at 5.30 every morning. It was complete and utter like just personal development transformation and learned so much of what I, how I built my business from that. So highly recommend like, yeah, investing in a course that will just like teach you life lessons mm-hmm. and my, it just challenged and set my mindset to a new level that I was like, I'm never going back you know? Yeah. Um, so that was amazing. And then also that my writing coach, Tanaz, who works for successful resumes, I think, um, she has just, I've invested in her every single time in website copy and in keynote speaking bios in, yeah, she's LinkedIn profiles, all of that worth every cent because she set the bar for me that I didn't see that I could set. And so I rose to what she had written about me um, mentor that is not paid is probably co- my closest friends. Mm. Uh, when I left the corporate world, a lot of my friends were studying or working part-time or in full-time jobs and just could not, it just eventually was not able to relate. And it was when Instagram was very collaborative and you could easily access founders behind brands met a couple of girls in Sydney who were running creative businesses. So Tess, who helped me with my magazine from Smack Bang Designs, um, and another friend, Tess, who was a graphic designer and also freelancing for herself. And they and another friend of mine, Alex, who, run, who ran her own jewelry label. And we were all about the same age, about the same level, and just would everything and anything could be asked, you know, like if you had a question, you had a bad day, you needed a contact, you wanted to collaborate and and do a giveaway. It was just this little inside posse of like, we've got each other. So that was awesome. Um, And book that I would recommend, I'm actually really obsessed with the Flow Research Collective at the moment. I haven't read the book, The Art of Impossible by Stephen um, Coltler, I think is one of the founders. You should get, I'll, I'll look up the proper name for you. Um, I'm going to do it right now. What's, what's the name of the book you say? Art of the Impossible. Okay. Um, by a Stephen. And yeah, the other actual game changer book that I have revisited since, and I, I read it probably before Startup Creative was even launched, uh, was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, yeah. Um, that book was, is amazing because so much about businesses, relationships and, um, you know, making your customer feel that you're trustworthy and that they, you should invest in them and also pitching and how you, how you present, uh, the solution, right? Because there's so many little tweaks and, you know, understanding human behavior is what I'm obsessed with because, you actually have to understand yourself and I've continued to be on that self-development journey of understanding what, you know, what my limiting beliefs are, but then also understanding what motivates humans is going to put you in the best possible position to then be able to be in a transactional relationship with your customer. Love it. One of my favorite books too. Question. 
there's a new version or i read the 1920s version you know and loved it mm, um yeah. there's a new version around how to win friends and influence people in the digital age have you ah, is that the one you read or have you read that one no i'm an og one too yeah, yeah. um i just had another really good i book um there oh, what's his name there's this guy I watched Masterclass, and um this guy was a fbi negotiator oh yeah never split the difference yeah yeah that's another um, good one that book was game changer yeah yeah is that chris someone is it what's the chris boss yeah that's another good yeah. one too mm, yeah highly recommend awesome all right. Well, Kate, thank you very much for your time. That was awesome to chat with you. Um, My pleasure. If we had to pick one place to follow you, where do we go? Instagram, podcast, website, book. What's the best? We'll put all of them in the show notes, but what's your favorite? I mean, I feel like the podcast is probably the best place to get practical advice. And Instagram is like, you don't even see it anymore, do you really? Yeah. <laughs> Who I knows know, what's right? going on over there? I feel like I never see any of the accounts that I feel like, you're welcome to come to Instagram as well. I'll slide into my DMs. I'm always on there um, obsessively connecting with people. But um, yeah, if you want connection and some inspiration on the daily Instagram, if you want to just deep dive into me coaching, uh, podcast is where it's at. Awesome. And some good stories too. Yes. All right. Well, Kay, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover. Is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to? Or is there anything you want to finish us off with? No, I think we nailed it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you can grab a copy of Startup of How to Start a Side Hustle. It's on Amazon, in bookshops. You can buy signed copies through my website. Um, yeah, and check out. We've got a membership launching. And yeah, leave a review for the book if you get one. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you, Kay. Legend, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Course Creator Community Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we'll catch you in the next episode.